Chapter thirty eight of Sixty Years in Southern California, eighteen fifty three to nineteen thirteen, by Harris Newmark. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by K. Hand. Chapter thirty eight The Great Boom, eighteen eighty seven. Not as impulsively, perhaps, as on previous occasions, I left Los Angeles for Europe on April thirtieth, eighteen eighty seven accompanied by my wife and our two children marco and rose mrs eugene meyer my wife's youngest sister and her daughter joined us at san francisco and traveled with us as far as paris we took passage on the french ship normandy departing from the morton street pier in new york on may fourteenth and nine days later we landed at havre from which port we proceeded to the french capital on this trip we visited france england scotland ireland belgium holland denmark germany austria including bohemia and italy we also touched at points in sweden although we did not do that country thoroughly until a later voyage while in germany where i met my nephew leo son of j p newmark then a student in strasburg i was impressed with the splendid hotels and state highways and the advantage taken of natural resources and from ems on july twenty second i wrote a letter on the subject to caspar cohn which i later found had been published by one of the los angeles dailies during this journey we traveled with m j newmark and his family it was also on this tour on june tenth that i returned to my native town of lebeau both to visit the graves of my parents and once more to see some relatives and a few old friends in paris we had an exciting experience as observers of a conflagration that might have terminated seriously for us we had been thinking of going to the opera comique in the evening but instead had accepted an invitation to dinner at the residence of alexander veal the well-known international banker formerly of san francisco and only on our return to the hotel de elder a comfortable family hostelry in the rue de elder within a couple of blocks of the theatre did we learn of a disastrous fire in the opera house which caused the loss of many lives for blocks around the streets and sidewalks were roped in and great was the confusion everywhere the following day a number of solicitous inquiries arrived from friends in america in connection with our departure for this tour of europe i am reminded of a unique gift to my wife of a diary in eight volumes tastefully bound in russian leather the whole neatly encased for traveling with almost painful regularity my wife entered there her impressions and recollections of all she saw refusing to retire at night as a rule until she had posted up her book for the day glancing over these pages written in her distinct characteristically feminine hand i note once more the intellectual vigor and perspicuity displayed by my companion in this her first contact with european life and customs it was during my absence on may second that erskine mayo ross was appointed by president cleveland judge of the new united states district court just established he was then in partnership with stephen m white a native of belpre virginia he had come to los angeles in eighteen sixty eight to study law with his uncle cameron e tom soon admitted to the bar he was elected in eighteen seventy nine at the age of thirty four to the supreme bench of the state the judge with whom i have been on friendly terms since his arrival is still living in los angeles a familiar and welcome figure in club circles 
speaking of this esteemed judge i am reminded of a visit here in eighteen eighty seven of justice stephen j field when he sat with judge ross in the united states circuit court the sessions of which were then held over the farmers and merchants national bank at the corner of main and commercial streets on that occasion the members of the bar irrespective of party united to do him honor and justice field in turn paid a warm tribute to los angeles and her hospitality d w hanna a michigan pedagogue who had come to los angeles in eighteen eighty four to open ellis college on fort street near temple burned in eighteen eighty eight established on september second eighteen eighty five the los angeles college a boarding school for girls and a couple of buildings at the corner of fifth and olive streets in eighteen eighty seven hanna having formed a stock company erected a new school structure at the southwest corner of eighth and hope streets where eighteen teachers soon instructed some two hundred and fifty students but the institution failed and the building still standing was finally bought by abbott kinney and named the abbotsford inn in a note regarding the life and accomplishment of madame severance i have referred to the distinguished role played by this angelina in the early advocacy of the kindergarten for america it took three years however for the educational authorities here to awake to the significance of the departure for it was not until eighteen eighty seven that froebel's plan was admitted for experiment into the los angeles schools a group of presbyterian clergymen from los angeles and vicinity in eighteen eighty seven joined in establishing occidental college now as developed under john willis bear one of the promising institutions of the southwest locating its site east of the city between first and second streets both lots and acreage having been donated with the usual southern california liberality there the following year the main college building was erected but in eighteen ninety six that structure and most of its contents were destroyed by fire early in june as ex-mayor e f spence was about to leave for europe some enthusiasm was created in educational circles by the announcement that he would deed certain property including the lot at the corner of pearl and sixth streets on which the gates hotel now stands to the university of southern california for the establishing of a telescope on mount wilson the matter had been communicated to president m m bovard who ordered a glass from the celebrated cambridge grinders alvin clark and sons when president bovard died spence was too ill to arrange the details necessary to the further carrying out of his plans the property that he had promised to give remained part of his estate and the great glass when ground had to be resold the university of chicago becoming the lucky purchaser as all the scientific world knows the carnegie foundation at washington some years later established to the extension of california's fame the celebrated wilson telescopes on the mountain spence once had in view early in june also smith and mcphee issued a directory of los angeles but two weeks afterward george w maxwell published another book of addresses with more than five thousand additional names the second directory listed over eighteen thousand adults from which fact it was estimated that los angeles then had a population of quite sixty thousand in eighteen eighty seven mrs charlotte lemoyne wills wife of the attorney john a wills and daughter of dr francis julius lemoyne who in eighteen sixty seven erected at washington pennsylvania the first modern crematory in the world notwithstanding that he was denied permission by the cemetery authorities there and was compelled to construct the furnace on his property outside of the town inspired the establishing here of what is said to have been the second crematory in the united states and certainly the first built west of the rocky mountains 
it was opened at rosedale cemetery by the los angeles crematory society which brought to the coast an incinerating expert dr w lemoyne wills a son was one of the leading spirits in the enterprise and among the first directors of the local organization the first cremation occurred in june and the first body so disposed of was that of the wife of dr o b bird a homeopathic physician the experiment stirred up a storm of adverse as well as of favorable criticism the brothers Beaudry were interested doubtless through their undeveloped hill property in organizing the temple street cable railway running from the foot of temple street at spring out temple as far west as union avenue with cars operated every ten minutes the company had an office at number ten court street and the directors were prudent Beaudry, victor Beaudry, walter s maxwell e t wright the surveyor octavius morgan ralph rogers thomas stovell john milner and e a hall about july the trustees of james lick sold santa catalina island to george r shadow who founded avalon footnote largely destroyed by fire november twenty ninth nineteen fifteen end footnote at first giving it his name and after whom chateau street is called the price fixed upon being one hundred and fifty thousand dollars chateau making a partial payment whereupon the latter agreed to resell the island to an english syndicate failure to find there the store of minerals they expected however led the english bankers to refuse the property and in eighteen ninety two after a friendly suit had re-established the title of the lick trustees they disposed of that part of the estate for about the same price offered shadow to william j b and hancock bannings sons of my old friend phineas banning the three forming the santa catalina island company several years later george s patton was admitted as a partner little by little catalina became a favorite resort although it was years before there was patronage enough to warrant a daily steamer service in the summer of eighteen eighty seven for example at the height of the boom william banning manager of the wilmington transportation company ran the steamer falcon whose captain was j w simmy only once every seven or eight days then the vessel used to leave san pedro wharf at one o'clock in the afternoon and return the next day in time to connect with the three o'clock train for los angeles the fare for the round trip was four dollars the year eighteen eighty seven witnessed the completion of the arcadia hotel at santa monica named after doña arcadia wife of colonel r s baker it was built upon a bluff was four stories high and had a great veranda with side wings and with its center tower and cupola was more imposing than any hotel there today under the proprietorship of j w scott the arcadia became one of the first fine suburban hotels in southern california as late as eighteen eighty seven there was no passenger service between the city and santa monica from six to seven o'clock in the evening though i cannot say just how many trains ran during the day i am sure however that there were not many merchants spending their summers at the beach were more inconvenienced through this lack of evening service than at any other time and after repeated complaints a coach was hooked on to a freight train later the board of trade objected to this slow method and arrangements were made for another passenger train speaking of santa monica in the late eighties i am reminded of a gravity railroad somewhat on the principle of the present-day roller coaster which was opened near the arcadia hotel and as a novelty was a great success the track was not more than fifteen feet above the ground at its highest point of elevation just sufficient to give the momentum necessary for an undulating movement as the final sequence to the events of three or four preceding years los angeles at the time when i left for europe 
had already advanced beyond the threshold of her first really violent boom and now symptoms of feverish excitement were everywhere noticeable in southern california the basis of real estate operations heretofore sane enough was quickly becoming unbalanced a movement that was growing more and more intensified as well as general and as in the case of a mighty stream which accumulates overwhelming power from many feeders there was a marshalling as it were in los angeles of these forces the charms of climate and scenery widely advertised as i have said at the philadelphia centennial and later through the continuous efforts of the first and second chambers of commerce and the board of trade together with the extension of the southern pacific to the east and the building of the santa fe railroad had brought here a class of tourists who not only enjoyed the winter but ventured to stay through the summer season and who having remained were not long in seeking land and homesteads the rapidly increasing demand for lots and houses caused hundreds of men and women to enter the local real estate field most of whom were inexperienced and without much responsibility when therefore the news of their phenomenal activity got abroad as was sure to be the case hordes of would-be speculators some with but more without knowledge of land manipulation and many none too scrupulous rushed to the southland to invest wager or swindle thousands upon thousands of easterners swelled the number already here dealers in realty sprang up like mushrooms it was then that the demand for offices north of first street exceeding the supply compelled many an agent unwillingly to take accommodations farther south and brought about much building even to second street it also happened that a dozen or more competitors occupied a single storeroom selling and bartering were carried on at all hours of the day or night and in every conceivable place agents eager to keep every appointment possible enlisted the services of hackmen hotel employees and waiters to put them in touch with prospective buyers and the same properties would often change hands several times in a day sales being made on the curbstone at bars or restaurant tables each succeeding transfer representing an enhanced value although i was abroad during the height of this period psychologically so interesting newspapers letters and photographs from home supplemented on my return by the personal narratives of friends supplied me with considerable information of the craze as i have already remarked the coming of the santa fe as well as the ensuing railroad war was a very potent factor in this temporary growth and advance in values and soon after the railroad's advent a dozen towns had been laid out on the line between los angeles and san bernardino the number doubling within a few months indeed had the plan of the boomers succeeded the whole stretch between the two cities would have been solidly built up with what in the end proved alas to be but castles in the air wherever there was an acreage there was room for new towns and with their inauguration thousands of buyers were on hand to absorb lots that were generally sold on the installment plan more frequently than otherwise payments became delinquent and companies went broke and then the property reverted to acreage again this sometimes led to serious complications especially when the contract between the landowner and the so-called syndicate allowed the latter to issue clear title to those who paid for their lots in such cases the acreage when recovered by the original owner would be dotted here and there with small possessions and to reinstate his property was as a rule no easy task this of course refers to the failures of which there were more than enough on the other hand many of the towns inaugurated during the boom period not only have survived and prospered but have become some of our most attractive and successful neighbors if every conceivable trick in advertising was not resorted to it was probably due to oversight bands announcing new locations were seen here and there in street cars 
hay and other wagons and carriages sometimes followed by fantastic parades a block long and for every new location there was promised the early construction of magnificent hotels theaters or other attractive buildings that seldom materialized when processions filled the streets bad music filled the air elephants and other animals of jungle and forest as well as human freaks the remnants of a stranded circus or two were gathered into shows and used as magnets while other ingenious methods were often invoked to draw crowds and gather in the shekels the statements as to climate were always verified but in most other respects poor martin chuzzlewit's experience in the mississippi town of eden affords a rather graphic story of what was frequently in progress here during the never-to-be-forgotten days of the boom as competition waxed keener dishonest methods were more and more resorted to thus schemers worked on the public's credulity and so attracted many a wagon-load of people to mass meetings called ostensibly for the purpose of advancing some worthy cause but really arranged to make possible an ordinary sale of real estate an endless chain of free lunches sources of delight to the hobo element in particular drew not only these chronic idlers but made a victim of many a worthier man despite all of this excitement the village aspect in some particulars had not yet disappeared in vacant lots not far from the centre of town it was still not unusual to see cows contentedly chewing their cud and chickens scratching for a living in eighteen eighty nine however the council governed this feature of domestic life by ordinance and thenceforth there was less of the cock's shrill clarion extraordinary situations arose out of the speculative mania as when over ambitious folks fearful perhaps lest they might be unable to obtain corner and other desirably situated lots stationed themselves in line two or three days before the date of anticipated land sales and even though quite twenty selections were frequently the limit to one purchase the more optimistic of our boomers would often have two or three substitutes waiting in a line extending irregularly far down the sidewalk and assuming at night the appearance of a bivouac i have heard it said that as much as a hundred dollars would be paid to each of these messengers and that the purchaser of such service apprehensive lest he might be sold out would visit his representatives many times before the eventful day later this system was improved and official place numbers were given thus permitting people to conduct their negotiations without much loss of time so little scientific consideration was given to actual values that they were regulated according to calendar and clocks lots in the new subdivisions remaining unsold were advertised to advance certain new prices at such and such an hour on such and such a day after these artificial changes investors would gleefully rub their hands and explain to the downcast outsider that they had just gotten in on time and the downcast outsider of whom there were many yielding after repeated assaults of this kind would himself become inoculated with the fever and finally prove the least restrained boomer of them all from what i read at the time and heard after my return i may safely declare that during the height of the infection two-thirds of our population were in a sense more insane than sane syndicates subdivisions and tracts these were the most popular terms of the day and nearly everybody had a finger in one or the other pie there were enough subdivisions to accommodate ten million people and enough syndicates to handle the affairs of a nation in talking about syndicates the disagreement of members themselves as to values frequently prevented the consummation of important sales and resulted in the loss of large profits to the objectors as well as to their associates in many a well-authenticated case the property remained on the owner's hands until it became almost worthless wide-awake syndicates evolved new methods one of which the lottery plan became popular 
a piece of land would be prepared for the market and after the opening of streets as many chances would be sold as there were lots in the tract on the eventful day the distribution took place in the presence of the interested and eager participants each of whom made a selection as his number was drawn to increase the attractiveness of some of these offers cottages and even more elaborate houses were occasionally promised for subsequent erection on a few lots the excitement at many of these events i was informed beggared description among others sold in this manner at the beginning or possibly even just before the boom were the williamson tract beginning at the corner of pico and figueroa streets and once the home place of the foremans and the o w child's orchard on the east side of main street and running south from what is now about eleventh both of these drawings took place in turnverine hall and chances sold at about three hundred and fifty dollars each tricksters of whom at such times there are always enough could exercise their mischievous proclivities and the unwary one who came to be known as the tenderfoot was as usual easily hoodwinked land advertised as having water privileges proved to be land under water or in dry creeks land described as possessing scenic attractions consisted of mountains and chasms so situated were many of these lots that no use whatever could be made of them and i presume that they are without value even now one of the effects of subdividing a good part of the ten thousand or more acres of agricultural land in the city then irrigated from zanjas was both to reduce the calls for the service of the city zanjero and to lessen considerably the importance and emoluments of his office advertisers tried to outdo themselves and each other in original and captivating announcements with the result that while many displayed wit and good humor others were ridiculously extravagant the artesian water company came on to the market with three hundred acres of land near compton and the assurance that while the water in this section will be stocked the stock will not be watered alvin d brock another purveyor of ranches declared i mean business and do not allow any alfalfa to grow under my feet a f kerchival the poet to whom i have already referred relieved himself of this exuberance regarding the kerchival track on santa fe avenue between lemon and alamo streets he or she that hesitates is lost an axiom that holds good in real estate as well as in affairs of the heart selah another advertisement read as follows halt 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 speculators and home seekers attention eighty thousand dollars eighty thousand dollars eighty thousand dollars sold in a day at the beautiful mcgarry tract bounded by ninth and tenth and alameda streets come early before they are all gone still another was displayed boom boom arcadia boom boom and now and then from a quarter to a full page would be taken to advertise a new town or subdivision with a single word the name of the place such as ramirez vernon and vernondale were names given to subdivisions on central avenue near jefferson street advertising the former the real estate poet was called into requisition with these lines go wing thy flight from star to star from world to luminous world as far as the universe spreads its flaming wall take all the pleasures of all the spheres and multiply each through endless years one winter at vernon is worth them all while in setting forth the attractions of the lily langtree tract the promoter drew as follows from the store of english verse sweet vernon loveliest village of the plain where health and plenty cheers the laboring swain where smiling spring is earliest visit paid and parting summer's lingering blooms delayed 
concluding the announcement with the following lines characteristic of the times catch on before the whole country rushes to vernondale every man who wishes a home in paradise should locate in this the loveliest district of the whole of southern california this is where the orange groves are loveliest this is where the grapes are most luxuriant this is where the vegetation is grandest this is where the flowers are prettiest with the boom affecting not only los angeles but also each acre of her immediate vicinity pasadena and the district lying between the two towns took on new life five thousand inhabitants boasted a million dollars in deposits and a couple of millions invested in new buildings while gilt-edged raymond a colony surrounding the raymond hotel became a bustling center in march george whitcomb laid out glendora naming it with the use of a couple of additional letters after his wife ladora and at the first day's sale he auctioned off three hundred lots in december the old established town of pomona was incorporated whittier started by quakers from indiana iowa and illinois and christened in honor of the new england poet began at this time with a boom two hundred thousand dollars worth of property having been sold there in four months this prosperity led one newspaper to say with extreme modesty whittier is the coming place it will dwarf monrovia and eclipse pasadena nothing can stop it the quakers are coming in from all over the united states and another journal contained an advertisement commencing as follows whittier 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 queen of the foothills and crown of the san gabriel valley i w lord established lordsburg or at least an elaborate hotel there for in those days a good hotel was half of a town and when lordsburg slumped he sold the building to a colony of dunkers for a college nadeau park was projected as a town at the junction of the atchison topeka and santa fe's bellona road and the southern pacific santa anna too after its sale in june of over eighty thousand dollars worth of land came forward in the summer with this confident salutation this is pure gold santa anna the metropolis of southern california's fairest valley chief among ten thousand or the one altogether lovely beautiful busy bustling booming it can't be beat the town now has the biggest kind of a big big boom a great big boom and you can accumulate ducats by investing fullerton was started in july when ninety two thousand dollars changed hands within half a day and conditions favoring the young community it survived rivera and the upper los nietos valley also then came into being the glories of tustin founded in eighteen sixty seven by columbus tustin but evidencing little prosperity until twenty years later were proclaimed through such unassuming advertisements as this tustin the beautiful unexcelled in charm and loveliness an earthly eden unsurpassed in the wealth of flower and foliage however imagination cannot conceive it it must be realized supplemented by the following versification when the angel of peace to earth first descended to bless with his presence the children of men mid the fairest of scenes his pathway air tended and unto his smile the glad earth smiled again he joyed in the fragrance of oranges and roses and loved mid their glances to linger or roam and he said here in tustin where beauty reposes i also will linger or build me a home in april jonathan s slauson and a company of los angeles capitalists laid out and started the town of azusa on a slope eight hundred feet high in a rich and promising country 
not so far away was palomares announced through the following reassuring poster grand railroad excursion and genuine auction sale no shenanigan thursday june seventh eighteen eighty seven beautiful palomares pomona valley lunch coffee lemonade and ice water free full band of music and here it may not be without interest to note the stations then passed in making such an excursion from los angeles to the new town commercial street garvanza raymond pasadena lamanda park named henry w o Mulvaney tells me after amanda wife of l j rose santa anita arcadia monrovia duarte glendora san dimas and lordsburg providencia rancho consisting of seventeen thousand acres of mountain and valley was opened up in eighteen eighty seven and the new town of burbank was laid out j downey harvey j g downey's heir and david burbank the good-natured dentist and old-timer then living on the site of the burbank theater once the orchard of j j warner being among the directors about the same time twelve thousand acres of the lancashire rancho adjoining the providencia were disposed of sixty-five dollars was asked for a certificate of stock which was exchangeable later for an acre of land glendale was another child of the boom for the development of which much dependence was placed on a new motor railroad rosecrans and its addition were two other tracks relying on improved facilities for communicating with los angeles under the caption veni vidi vici a motor road was promised for service within ninety days and lots from one hundred dollars up were then to be advanced five hundred per cent excursions accompanied by colonel bartlett's seventh infantry band to magnificent monte vista the gem of the mountains the queen of the valley near san fernando fifteen miles from los angeles were among the trips arranged speaking of the boom i recall an amusing situation such as now and then relieved the dark gloom of the aftermath when a well-known suburb of los angeles was laid out someone proposed that a road be named euclid avenue whereupon a prominent citizen protested vigorously and asked what mr euclid had ever done for southern california during eighteen eighty seven and at the suggestion of george e gard many neighboring towns a number of which have long since become mere memories donated each a lot through whose sale a los angeles county exhibit at the reunion of the grand army of the republic was made possible and among these places were alosta gladstone glendora azusa beaumont arcadia raymond san gabriel glendale burbank lamar's addition to alosta rosecrans st james bethune modenville olivewood oleander lordsburg mccoy's footnotes bearing the name of frank mccoy who died on march fourth nineteen fifteen and footnote addition to broad acres ivanhoe new vernon alta vista nado park bonita tract san dimas port bayona southside ontario wayeria and ocean spray when the lots were sold at armory hall some ten thousand dollars was realized twelve hundred and seventy five dollars paid by colonel banbury for a piece of land at pasadena being the highest price brought not even the celebrity given the place through the gift of a lot to the grand old man of england saved gladstone and st james soon passed into the realms of the forgotten notwithstanding that one hundred and fifty vehicles and five hundred people were engaged in june in caring for the visitors who made their way to the proposed town site five miles from anaheim 
and bought when there forty thousand dollars worth of property in a few hours ben e ward a good citizen whose office was in the renovated municipal adobe operated with santa monica realty during the boom somewhat as did colonel tom fitch in the cradle days of the bay city he ran private trains and sold acre and villa lots and five and ten acre farms for ten per cent of the price at the fall of the hammer the balance of the first quarter payable on receipt of the agreement and the other payments in six twelve and eighteen months on one occasion in june ward was advertising as follows ho for the beach tomorrow tomorrow grand auction sale at santa monica three hundred fifty acres three hundred fifty one of the greatest panoramic views the human eye ever rested upon including bayona lake and harbor with its outgoing and incoming vessels the grand old pacific the handsome new hotel arcadia while in the distance may be seen los angeles the pride of all and the coming city of two hundred thousand people long beach came in for its share of the boom in july h g wilshire after whom i believe wilshire boulevard was named as general manager of the new hotel at that place offered lots at one hundred and fifty dollars and upward advertising under the caption peerless long beach and declaring that the place was no new settlement but a prosperous town of two thousand people to be reached without change of cars the hotel was to be doubled in size streets were to be sprinkled and bath houses with hot and cold water were to be built one of the special attractions promised was even a billiard room for ladies but the hotel was afterward destroyed by fire and long beach dwindled away until in eighteen ninety it had scarcely a population of five hundred besides the improving of santa monica and the expanding of san pedro several harbor projects were proposed in the days of the boom about the first of june eighteen eighty seven port bayona formerly will tells began to be advertised as the future harbor of southern california and the ocean terminus of the california central railroad which was a part of the Atchison, Topeka, and Santa Fe system. In August, thousands of people assembled at the beach to celebrate the opening of La Bayona Harbor. The enterprise had been backed by Louis Mesmer, Bernard Mills, Frank Sabici, and others. And Mesmer, General Nelson A. Miles, ex-governor Stoneman, Eugene Germain, and J.D. Lynch were among the speakers. A syndicate, headed by J.R. Tuffrey, which purchased the Palos Verdes Rancho, announced its intention of creating the harbor of catalina at portuguese bend the syndicate was to build there a large hotel named borromea while a mr kirkhoff encouraged by the prospect of a railroad around point fermin was to erect another huge hotel and lay out a watering place as the boom progressed and railroads continued to advertise los angeles the authorities began to look with consternation on the problem of housing the crowds still booked to come from the east and it was soon recognized that many prospective settlers would need to roost for a while as best they could in the surrounding territory the hotel splendid an enterprise fostered by hamill and denker proprietors of the united states hotel was then commenced on main street between ninth and tenth though it was never completed numerous capitalists and business houses encouraged the proposition Yet the site was sold but a single generation ago to o t johnson a local philanthropist for about twenty five thousand dollars a conservative estimate placing its present value at not much less than two and a half millions but there are other indications of the strength or perhaps the weakness of the boom in eighteen eighty seven the total assessment of the young city and county was three million dollars or about one-third that recorded for the longer developed city and county of san francisco 
in one day in july real estate valued at six hundred sixty four thousand dollars was transferred on another day in the same month seven hundred thirty thousand dollars worth and soon after in one day property to the value of nine hundred thirty thousand dollars changed hands from forty million dollars in march eighteen eighty six the wealth of the county jumped in just two years to one hundred and three millions so many indeed were the purchasers of real estate in los angeles at that time who soon left the town and were seldom or never heard of again and so many were the sales affected by proxy that even in august of eighteen eighty seven one of the newspapers contained over three pages of taxes listed on property whose possessors were unknown during this wild excitement few men of position or reputation who came to town escaped interrogation as to what they thought of the boom phil d armor head of the armor packing company was one who arrived late in july and whose opinion was immediately sought and his answer indicated the unbounded confidence inspired in the minds of even outsiders by the unheard-of development of land values boom will it break soon repeated armor and proceeded to answer his own query there is no boom to break this is merely the preliminary to a boom which will so outclass the present activities that its sound will be as thunder to the cracking of a hickory nut nor was armor the only one who was so carried away by the phenomena of the times san francisco watched los angeles with wonder and interest marveling at all she heard of the magic changes south of the tehachipi and asking herself if los angeles might not be able to point the way to better methods of city building i have thus endeavored to give a slight idea of the lack of mental poise displayed by our good people in the year eighteen eighty seven when the crop of millionaires was so great that to be one was no distinction at all but alas the inevitable collapse came and values tumbled fully as rapidly as they had advanced finding many who but a short period before had based their worth on investments figured at several times their value loaded with overwhelming debts and mortgages quite impossible of liquidation indeed readjustments took years and years to accomplish and so it happened that many an imaginary croesus then became the bitter often unsuccessful for humble employment just as is always the case too in periods such as i have described the depression when it came was correspondingly severe and sudden many of our greatest boomers and speculators lost all hope and more than one poor suicide so paid the price of his inordinate craving for wealth to be sure some level-headed people acting more conservatively than the majority in time derived large profits from the steady increase in values those who bought judiciously during that period are now the men of wealth in los angeles and this is more particularly true as to ownership in business sections of the city even at the height of the boom but little property on any of the streets south of fifth was worth more than two hundred dollars a foot following the boom there was an increase of building much of it doubtless due to contracts already entered into incidental to the opening of the southern pacific railroad's route between the north and south by way of the coast on august twentieth a great railway fete was held at santa barbara the first through trains from san francisco and los angeles meeting at that point a procession illustrating the progress in transportation methods from the borough pack and stagecoach to the modern train of cars filed about the streets of the old spanish town on the return of the los angeles excursion train however a defective culvert near the camulos ranch caused the cars with one hundred and fifty passengers to plunge down an embankment luckily with but few casualties ellie mosher who had much literary ability and is still remembered as the author of the poem the stranded bugle 
joined the Times staff in August and became prominently identified with the conduct of that newspaper. Later he left journalism and entered on a business career in New York, but experiencing reverses he returned to Los Angeles. Failing here, he at length committed suicide, to the deep regret of a large circle of friends. Late in August, the paving of Main Street, the first thoroughfare of Los Angeles to be so improved, was begun, much to the relief of our townspeople, who had too long borne the inconvenience of dusty and muddy roadways, and who, after heavy rains the winter before, had in no uncertain fashion given utterance to their disgust at the backward conditions. This expression was the result of a carefully and generally organized movement, for one morning it was discovered that all of the principal streets were covered with mounds of earth resembling little graves, into each of which had been thrust imitation tombstones bearing such inscriptions as the following. Beware of quicksand, fair for ferrying across twenty-five cents, no duck hunting allowed in this pond, boats leave this landing every half hour, requiescat in pas. This year, the Suez Californische Post, which had been established in 1874, began to appear as a daily, with a weekly edition, the Germans in Los Angeles in the 80s representing no mean portion of the burgher strength. In 1887, the Turnverein Germania, sold to L. J. Rose and J. B. Lankershim, for removal and renovation, the frame structure on Spring Street, which for so many years had served as its home, and erected in its place a substantial brick building costing about $40,000. Six or seven years afterward, the Society resold that property, to be used later as the Elks Hall, for $100,000. Then it bought the lot at 319 and 321 South Main Street, and erected there its new stone-fronted Turner Hall. On the occasion of the cornerstone laying, on August 14, 1887, when the Turnverein Germania, the Austrian Verein, and the Schwabenverein joined hands and voices, the Germans celebrated their advancement by festivities long to be remembered, ex-Mayor Henry T. Hazard making the chief address, but I dare say that the assembly particularly enjoyed the reminiscences of the pioneer president, Jake Kurtz, who took his hearers back to the olden days of the roundhouse, that favorite rendezvous which stood on the very spot where the new building was to rise, and pointed out how time had tenderly and appropriately joined the associations of the past with those of the present. Turner Hall, with its restaurant, brought our German citizens into daily and friendly intercourse, and long served their rapidly developing community. How true it is that a man should confine himself to that which he best understands is shown in the case of L. J. Rose, who later went into politics and in 1887 was elected state senator. Neglecting his business for that of the public, he borrowed money and was finally compelled to dispose of his interest in the New York House. Indeed, financially speaking, he went from bad to worse. And, in the same year, he sold his magnificent estate to an English syndicate for $1,250,000, receiving $750,000 in cash and the balance in stock. The purchasers made a failure of the enterprise and Rose lost $500,000. He was almost penniless when on May 17, 1899, he died. A suicide. Rose was an indefatigable worker for the good of the community and was thoroughly interested in every public movement. For years he was one of my intimate friends, and as I write these lines I am moved with sentiments of sadness and deep regret. Let us hope that in the life beyond he is enjoying that peace denied him here. The Los Angeles and San Gabriel Valley Railroad, begun the previous year by J. F. Crank and destined to be absorbed by the Santa Fe, 
was open for traffic to pasadena on september seventeenth by a popular excursion in which thousands participated with the increase in the number and activity of the chinese here came a more frequent display of their native customs and ceremonies the joss house and the theater being early instituted on october twenty first a street parade feast and theatrical performance with more or less barbarous music marked a celebration that brought mongolians from near and far on october twenty fourth cardinal gibbons made his first visit to los angeles the most notable call i believe of so eminent a prelate since my settling here one of the numerous fires of the eighties that gave great alarm was the blaze of october twenty eighth which destroyed the santa fe railroad depot and with it a trainload of oil the conflagration proved obstinate to fight although the good work of the department prevented its spread a host of people for hours watched the spectacular scene the raymond hotel commonly spoken of as belonging to pasadena although standing just inside the city to the south was completed in november and catering exclusively to tourists its situation on an eminent knoll overlooking the towns and orange groves contributed to make it widely famous in april eighteen ninety five it was swept by fire to be rebuilt on larger and finer lines the hotel la pintoresca on fair oaks avenue burned four or five years ago was another pasadena hostelry where i often stopped when wishing to escape the hurly-burly of city life now its site and gardens have been converted into a public park in november following the efforts made by the board of trade to secure one of the veterans homes projected by congress the managers of the national home for the disabled volunteer soldiers visited los angeles a committee representing businessmen and the grand army showed the visitors around and as a result of the cooperation of general nelson a miles judge brunson representing senator jones and others three hundred acres of the old san vincente rancho were donated by the jones and baker estates and the santa monica land and water company as were also three hundred acres of the woolskill tract orchards were laid out and barracks chapel hospital and extra buildings for a thousand men erected near this worthy institution housing as it now does more than two thousand veterans has developed and prospered thanks to the patronage of these soldiers and their families the little town of saltel in november local democratic and republican leaders wishing to draft a new charter for los angeles agreed on a non-partisan board consisting of william h workman cameron e tom i r dunkelberger dr joseph kurtz walter s moore jeremiah baldwin general john mansfield p m scott j h book jose g estudigio charles e day thomas b brown w w robinson a f mackey and george h bonebrake and the following thirty first of may the board was duly elected workman was chosen chairman and more secretary and on october twentieth the result of their deliberations was adopted by the city in january eighteen eighty nine the legislature confirmed the action of the common council the new charter increased the number of wards from five to nine and provided for the election of a councilman from each ward as a result of an agitation in favor of los angeles the southwest headquarters of the united states army were transferred from whipple barracks arizona about the beginning of eighteen eighty seven the event being celebrated by a dinner to brigadier general nelson a miles at the nadeau hotel within less than a year however general miles was transferred to san francisco general b h grierson succeeding him at this post end of chapter thirty eight